Hey, survivors. You are listening to the Survival Brothers Podcast. We're two brothers trying to help each other prepare for an uncertain future. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to episode 53 of the Survival Brothers Podcast. My name is Ethan, and I'm joined by my older brother, Blair. How are you doing, Blair? I'm good, bro, uh, except I kind of injured myself a little while ago. Uh-oh, what'd you do? Um, it's funny. It was like a week after we did the episode on uh, first aid kits. Yeah. I had a chance to use it. Um, but I was doing one of my outdoor workouts where I'm like jumping onto this uh, uh, concrete thing and I just bashed my shin on it really bad. And uh, I think it looks worse than it is, but you can kind of see the muscle underneath the skin because there's not a lot of you know there's not a lot of flesh on your shin so yeah it's pretty bad but i've i've been changing the bandage every day and it's starting to starting to look a a little bit better after about a week yeah that does not sound too fun i hope you're uh, all right affecting your walking at all no if i if i jump off something and like land on it like it hurts or if i like scrape it on something like walking by something, something like that yeah. hurts, but doesn't That's, seem to impede any function. Yeah, it does not sound too fun, but uh, I hope we get better soon. Um, but I listened to your uh, episode earlier this week on the OPSEC uh, gun bag, basically. Um, and actually, it would have came in handy because on uh, Thanksgiving, I thought we might be going uh, 22 shooting with my wife's family. And so I was trying to like smuggle my 22 rifle, like in a coat out to my van. And, uh, I realized I do have a duffel bag that I'm pretty sure it would have fit into. That would have been a lot easier. Yeah. You live in like a apartment complex, right? Where you, there might be a lot of people watching you, you know, take stuff out to your car. Yeah. There's always people around, you know, coming in and out of places. So, yeah, I was trying to hide it, and I don't think I even hit it very well in, in my coat. So, and it's a ten twenty two. You said, yeah. You'd need a pretty big duffel bag for that. Oh, unless of course you just like took it apart, like took the barreled action out. It's just one screw, so that wouldn't be too hard. Yeah, I think I have a pretty big like gym duffel bag that I'm pretty sure it would fit into, but now I'll have to check. But yeah, if you can just take it apart easy, then that would work too. Well, cool. I'm glad uh, glad somebody got something out of it. Yeah, I will use it next time for sure. And the the worst part is we didn't even go shooting, so it was uh, worthless. But uh, um, but yeah, today we're talking about uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about what you might expect from a Biden presidency, and um, I guess just kind of a heads up of what. Uh, what policies are some of the things that you might want to be prepared for or what you might uh, be able to prepare for, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think there's always, you know, stuff you need to pay attention to with any kind of, you know, political changeover. Um, But I do think that Biden, you know, wants to spend more and his, his party isn't going to, really put the brakes on if they have, you know, if they end up getting a a majority in the Senate or, or if it's a tied Senate and they have the the tie breaking vote with the vice president. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's we're going to try not to get too much into like politics or, uh, you know, to be negative because we, I mean, we probably have issues with both parties uh, to a point. Um, but there's definitely some issues that we can prepare for, I guess, or some policies that if if they were pushed forward, then we would hope that we were prepared before those happened. So, yeah. and if you like Biden or you voted for Biden because you like some of his policies. I hope you'll just have an open mind that, yeah, maybe you like some of his policies, but other policies might not be so great for, uh, you know, preppers. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Cause there's, I'm, I'm sure there's some things that, uh, well, I don't actually, I don't know if I could say that, but, uh, anyway, yeah, we'll just get, uh, started, I guess. Do you want to talk about the vaccines first? Yeah. Um, so rumors or, or projections are starting to say that they might have the vaccine out like early next year. Um, there's like three vaccines, uh, three different companies that, have, that are making a vaccine. And I think one of them has like, they claim a 95% success rate. And uh, Biden has said he wants you know everyone to have the vaccine free of charge. And I'm also kind of hearing um, other rumors that it might be mandatory. Yeah. Do you think it actually will be mandatory if you just had to guess? I don't see how they would. I mean, I'm sure they could if they really, they really wanted to. They could incentivize people to take it or, or penalize people for not taking it. But it does seem like that would take a lot of a lot of organization, a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Um, it would be hard for sure. What's that? I said, it would just be hard for sure to make yeah. it. Uh, I don't personally, I don't think that they are going to make it mandatory. Uh, maybe a state or two might try. Um, but I just don't think there would be enough buy-in from my, from what I can tell, which, Again, I I don't know for sure, but um, I think there's a good chance it'll be mandatory for me being in law enforcement. Um, maybe people who work in hospitals and first responders and stuff. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, or they might make it mandatory, like the airlines. It might be mandatory in order to fly or in order to go to a concert or a you know football game or something like that. I've heard those kinds of things, and that might be. Um, more plausible than just making it like a, a countrywide vaccine. But, um, but if, I don't know, I just, I'm kind of uneasy about, I'm not anti-vax in general, but I'm just kind of, I don't plan on getting the vaccine anytime in the near future for sure. Yeah. I would want to wait until it was proven safe and, you know, a lot of people had taken it and not, you know, grown thumbs out of their forehead or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I, especially something like this where there there's companies that are kind of competing to get it out there first. Uh, they're competing to make it as fast as possible. I just, with all the regulations and all kinds of stuff, I feel like they're trying to push it through as quick as possible. And I read that uh, one of them was actually developed in like less than a week, the actual vaccine 
was developed in the rest of this time has just been waiting on regulation and all kinds of other stuff. So I, I just don't want to be the first one to try it. And actually I read something else that all the politicians should try it first. And uh, yeah. if it works great. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, if it's a real legitimate, everything's uh, squared away and it does work. Hopefully that makes this all go away and everything get back to normal. But um not fully expecting that to happen. Yeah. Politicians don't always have to suffer under the same policies. They, they implement as we've seen, there's been a lot of mayors and governors that, you know, are caught going out to eat, uh, going out, you know, into crowds and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely want to see the politicians take the vaccine first. Yeah, that would be interesting if they are even, or if they make it mandatory, but they ex- exclude themselves or something. But I think some mayor in Texas or some official was like, did a Zoom call from Mexico uh, instructing people not to go, not to travel or something like yeah. that. So it's, it's kind of ironic and it keeps happening. It's just been like several times of uh, cases of this happening. It's just kind of interesting kind of sad i guess but uh yeah i'm i think that as a from a prepper side if you can wait on the vaccine i mean i would i would think there's more harm potential harm than what covid-19 risks for you if you're a healthy young person yeah do you know anyone who's died of covid or or been hospitalized even uh, I don't know anyone who's been hospitalized or died. I've known, a, I've seen, a, there's a few people I know that I saw like on Facebook that have gotten it, but they were just sick for a little bit and got better, but they were kind of young. So yeah, that's the thing. If you're young and healthy, it just, I don't know if it makes sense to go out there and get it first when there are examples of other vaccines that, well, like in the seventies, there was a swine, swine flu vaccine that, uh, there's some reports that it hurt more people than it, than the than the virus ever hurt. So, I just uh, would be more careful about it. Oh, that's crazy! I didn't know about that. Yeah, I don't know the exact facts. I think there's just some reports. I actually heard Ron Paul talking about uh, talking about it because he was in Congress at the time. But they kind of rushed the vaccine through, and it was over, kind of a fear flu that never really turned out to be anything so um yeah just uh and this obviously is not just a fear flu i know i I, you know i know covid is real but i also know that it doesn't cause the same doesn't pose the same risk to me as it does you know somebody with health issues or somebody older that uh maybe it's worth it for them to get the vaccine because they're at a higher risk of covid and that's a risk they want to take. Yeah. And I have no problem with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, what about like uh, the economic front? What kind of policies does Biden propose? Well, I'm, from his website, his campaign website, um, he's on his jobs and economy section. There's definitely a lot uh, about providing aid to local governments, uh, state governments, um, extending unemployment 
packages and stim- having other stimulus packages that are more directed towards people, um, more like PPP type loans, the business loans. Um, it, it definitely doesn't look like he is planning on balancing the budget anytime soon. So I think all that we can really prepare for is the same things that we've kind of been preparing for with the economy because there's so much spending, so much debt. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that? I think the spending under Biden, I mean, it all kind of depends on, on whether or not he gets a majority in the Senate and house. Um, If, if the Republicans have, if the Republicans hold on to the Senate, they can kind of put the brakes on some of the spending um, because Republicans always pretend to be fiscally conservative when there's a, you know, a Democrat in the white house. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's completely fair. Cause I mean, they were wrangling over a package for the past month or two. It was, I think the Democrats wanted like 3 trillion and the Republicans were proposing like 1.8 or two. So maybe I'm being a little hard on them, but I think they're, they'll be more willing to to oppose Biden's stuff than Trump's stuff. Yeah. My guess is there regardless of the Senate there will be an another like initial Biden stimulus type program whether there's anything long term after that uh, I guess we'll see but um yeah well, just yeah. Yeah, there's something will be passed and it'll be a lot of money. Um any way you look at it, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a big package. Um, and then I, I just think there is a pretty good chance that there will be a tie in the Senate, which the tie will be broken by the vice president. And uh, so I think there's a really good chance we'll just see a lot more spending in the next few years and and a lot higher chance of economic turmoil from that, whether it's hyperinflation or... Uh, maybe like a depression. Yeah. Would not uh, surprise me if there's some kind of at least recession um, type situation um, because of all this. It's, it still might be propped up for longer. You just, you never know, but I would always still just be prepared for, for uh, a situation where the economy is not doing as great as um, it has been. Yeah. You should make sure. You know, you're saving money, you know, from from stimulus or what if you, I mean, if you are lucky enough to be in a position where you can save money. Yeah. Um, don't get into you. any, don't get into any new debt in the near future if you can help it. Uh, any, especially big things. Um, yeah. Just try to live under your means and buy some food storage. Yeah. I've been, you know, adding through this whole pandemic, I've been slowly adding to my food storage. So I'm certainly, certainly in a lot better position than I was at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, kind of some more, because the economy is, I mean, there's kind of not a whole lot of specifics. We just know that he's probably going to spend more than uh, what Trump probably would have, even though Trump would still was still spending plenty. Um, 
But uh, kind of the more specific stuff that he has come out with was regarding guns and firearms. And that's something that we definitely wanted to talk about. Um, there's a lot of stuff directly on his website just about uh, uh, like assault weapons ban um, and like holding gun manufacturers accountable. Let's start with that. Just So there's a Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act that on his website he's talking about how this protects manufacturers from being held civilly liable for their products. And so he says he will prioritize repealing this protection. Yeah, what he's talking about there is not it's not what you think. I mean, it's not what he makes it sound like. He makes it sound like there's this special exemption carved out for the gun industry, like they can't be sued. And that's that's far from the truth. I mean, if a gun malfunctions in some way and injures you because it, it blows up in your face or something, you can, you can sue that gun manufacturer, just like you could, you could sue a car manufacturer for, you know, a car not working properly um, and endangering you. Yeah. But what he's saying is if like someone uses a gun in a crime or like a mass shooting you're able to sue that gun manufacturer, which is that would be like suing a car manufacturer because I, I took my car and hit someone with it. Right. Makes no sense. I mean, the actual design of the gun is to shoot bullets and, and kill, you know, what you're shooting at. It's there's, it's not fair to, to uh, sue the gun manufacturer for, you know, making a gun that does what it, it says it's going to do. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of just a nonsense talking point that is there to appease uh, very anti-gun people. And I think but, even more than that, I think it's meant to like appeal to people who just don't know what it is, you know, like it's, it's meant to appeal to someone who's like, Oh Yeah yeah, you should be able to sue, you know, the gun man, gun manufacturer for what, what does, what happens with their weapons. You know, it, it's made to appeal to someone who may not, you know, want to outright ban them, but doesn't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, uh, I'm not too worried about that because I just don't feel like that's going to happen, I guess, or going to have much of an effect. Um, yeah, gun control is not popular. I mean, even certain moderate Democrats um, know that that it's going to come back on them if they vote for gun control. So, I yeah, I don't see a very high likelihood of that happening. Yeah, uh, one thing that he, another thing that he talks about that's probably more likely is some kind of assault weapons or high capacity magazine ban. Um, he was apparently part of that bill in the 90s, that assault weapons ban that was a 10-year ban on just kind of, I think we've talked about that before, just uh, certain aspects of guns. And so he's talking about uh, learning lessons from that ban and tweaking it so that there's not... Uh, so he's talking about minor changes, changes that manufacturers made that uh, got out of the assault weapon ban. So he's talking about just maybe basically a more strict ban. And he's also talking specifically about using his executive authority to ban the import of assault weapons. 
yeah so a lot of a lot of guns are imported from outside the united states uh like ak-47 type guns um there's like the cz scorpion the uh grand power strybog which is like another those are both like nine millimeter type carbines so there could be some guns that are pretty popular now that get banned by executive order and that would kind of drive the prices of anything kind of similar up i would think because people wouldn't be able to get those so they would you know try to get something else similar that would um sort of drive up the price yeah that would not be uh not be great so i guess if you're looking to purchase one of those guns uh doing it sooner would be best <clears throat> and then uh he also talks about like a buyback of of high capacity magazines and assault weapons um and he also talks about registering all basically all guns just like um <clears throat> excuse me machine gun silencers short barreled rifles and stuff like that is are currently registered yeah um I don't really see this happening, at least not in the next couple of years, unless the Democrats get a bigger majority. But, you know, it, it definitely could happen. Yeah. And part of the reason why we're against this in the first place, uh, or why we're talking about it, I guess, is he even talks about, or he writes about this, or whoever put this together, is talking about how almost 40,000 people die as a result of firearm injuries every year. And... I, we don't have specifics on it, but a good portion of that is going to be suicides, which probably would not be prevented. Um, or there would still be those people who were going to kill themselves with a gun, even if they ended up not killing themselves another way, which a lot of them would, they would still have the same issues that caused that in the first place, which is a problem. And then um, a lot of that is, you know, gang violence and probably some of that is even like self-defense violence that's being counted into that. So that's when you look at it from a, the population of 300 and, you know, 300 plus million people in the country, it's really a small, a very small uh, effect in people's life. Yeah. I think there's always, you know, a tension between liberty and, and safety um, maybe, you know, it's possible there would be less murders if we could ban guns, but I don't think it's worth it to, to take away our liberty. I agree. So some of these things are possible. So if you are in the market for, you know, high capacity magazines or assault style rifles that they think are assault rifles, uh, now would be a good time, especially, I mean, even if you can find them and find the ammo for them. Um, Cause that's another thing that he wants to end the online sale of ammunition um, and firearms. So there's just a lot of, a lot of things that are going to, that he is at least going to try and maybe successful on some of them eventually. Yeah. Some of these regulations and rules are so dumb i mean i think they're they're trying to get it to be like california where i think you have to take you have to pass a background check now to buy ammo and you know they've got a whole like 
bunch of guns you can't have in California that you can have elsewhere. And yeah, I yeah. would, I would prioritize, you know, if you have a gun that takes magazines, you know, buying at least 10, um, for each kind of weapon. And then if you're planning on getting something, I would, I would get it sooner rather than later. As, you know, as far as like a, a semi-automatic weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another thing is he wants to restrict the number of firearms an individual can purchase per month to one, which is just, I mean, these things are just not going to make any difference in actual violence or gun deaths. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think people like buying them off the street are going to be like, Oh man, I already bought one this month. I can't buy another one. Right. Especially, especially legal firearm sales. Like, yeah, like you said, that's, it's not going to change that at all. And it's just making it so people can't, I guess, protect themselves as, as much. Well, and it's like, you can, you can only use so many guns in a mass shooting anyway. Yeah. It's not like you can use 20 guns. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So that's just something to prepare for. Is there um, any, any guns you have your eye on or any, any accessories you think? Well, I need a few. I I have a lot of uh, AR-15 magazines, but I don't have. I think I only have two magazines for my 22. So I'm, I think I need a couple more of those at least. Yeah, I need to grab a few more of those too. I haven't even looked. I I don't think I realized before we packed up, or I I didn't realize I was short on those until recently. So, but I actually had more for my AR-15 than I expected. So any guns you got your eye on? Um, I would like more guns, but I, there's none that I plan on buying anytime in the near future, just for, because of, uh, monetary restrictions. Unless that stimulus comes out soon, man. Unless what? I said, unless that stimulus comes, comes soon. Yeah. That's probably good. You probably, already have you know what you need yeah it might, it might be good to have buy a few now for when your kids get older um yeah okay that's kind of what i look at like some of my guns i i think of them as my daughter's guns in the future if if there's some kind of ban yeah that's a good point yeah and and also i i do want a shotgun that's i think my next purchase and that those aren't too pricey compared to other guns that are on my list. So that might be good to have. Cool. Um, yeah. And then he wants, so with like the magazines and stuff, I think he wants to, to inst- instill a $200 tax on each, oh, yeah. each gun and each magazine, which would be, that's just a no go. I mean, <laughs> So many, so many people have lots of magazines and it's just, it's almost ridiculous to think that you're going to go register. Like I've got probably 20 or more AR-15 magazines. There's no way I'm going to go pay $4,000 to register those. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's, and that's just basically a restriction on the poor for firearms. So that's pretty 
unfair in my mind. But none of, you know, one thing is none of these laws matter at all if there's not law enforcement who are willing to uh, to enforce them. Right. And a lot of these places where they have like banned stuff um, and like demanded people turn in their stuff, nobody has. Like, um, I think it was Connecticut and New York where they technically like banned assault weapons or um, magazines over like 10 or 15 rounds. And like nobody turned anything in, you know. And I mean, they can pass the law all they want, but you know, it's, it's another thing to try and enforce it. Yeah. I don't think anybody has gone to jail in New York or Connecticut for having uh, high capacity magazines or, or like when they banned bump stocks, I don't think very many people turned in bump stocks. And so unless they have some type of a registry where they, they know who has what, you know, I just don't think it's going to be enforced. Yeah. I agree. I I hope it's not. I hope it never happens in the first place, but it feels like it's slowly going to be chipped away. Just like it kind of has been already with something. So, oh, one more thing we, we we should mention if you're if you're planning on getting an AR15 pistol, you should probably get that like right now. Like that should be your first priority because the ATF um wants to uh, basically ban the pistol braces that um, make uh, AR-15 pistols so easy to shoot. Yeah. Um, and so that's another thing where they can, they can ban it, but they're not going to, you know, come out and enforce it. So I would, if you're, if you're planning on getting an AR pistol, I would, I would get that before Biden takes office because his, his ATF could just, you know, ban the sale of them. Right now you can still you can still buy one. Yeah, that's a good idea. You want to buy one for me? Um you know what you could do? Just buy the receiver and the brace and then just you know buy the other stuff later. I might I might look into that. Yeah. Do you have uh can you buy or do you have access to buy like ammo through your work or through your department or anything like that? No, I wish that'd be cool. Ah, that sucks. Someone asked me about that the other day. My, uh, uh, someone, my brother-in-law, so my wife's sister's husband was asking me if you had that. Uh, so I wasn't sure, but I hadn't heard you talk about it. So I figured you didn't, but either way, I think we're still, I just, I, I'm still kind of on edge about the economy. I feel like it, there could be some economy issues sooner rather than later. So I think we should, uh, everyone, if you can buy a little extra food, a little extra ammo or a little extra of supplies that you will need. I think it's uh, now as good a time as, as ever. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that was a pretty good episode. Um, if you enjoyed it, please consider checking out our Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash Survival Brothers Podcast. Did I get that right? 
sounded right to me. Finally, finally got it right on the first try. <laughs> um, there's stuff we upload there as far as articles. Um, I wrote some fiction uh, that I uploaded, and I think it's a pretty interesting little short story. Um, I uploaded the first part of it. I wouldn't say it's good. In fact, it needs some work, honestly, as far as my you know storytelling and, and fiction writing and stuff. But um, it's interesting, and it's got some tidbits that you can learn. Um, so check that out. It's $3 a month to support us on Patreon. I think it's pretty good. I'm, I was entertained. I'm, I'm excited for the next, uh, for part two. Thanks, bro. But yeah, you can uh, support us there. You can also support us by telling your friends about the podcast. You can like uh, or subscribe to the podcast. And you can also leave us a review on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. And we would appreciate those. And you can also follow us on social media. And we are at uh, at Serve Bros Pod on Twitter, at Survival Brothers Podcast on Instagram and Parlor. And uh, you can also email us if you have any questions. You can DM us for, if you have questions you want us to answer on the show, or you can email us at survivalbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So that makes it time for the uh, survival tip of the week. Um, All right. Have you ever have you ever watched a movie where it's like there's a fight taking place in a kitchen and like someone grabs a a pot or a frying pan. Yeah. It always seems like they always hit with like the flat of the pan. Um, and it makes so much more sense if you're going to hit someone with a, with a frying pan or something hit with the edge of the pan. Cause you're going to concentrate the force on a smaller area and you're going to yeah. do more damage. I never would have thought of that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll get a chance to use that at some point in your life, but um, that's the tip of the week. Cool. That's, uh, that's actually pretty awesome. I like that a lot. Do you have a, a, a liver quote for us? Yeah, this is from George Mason. Um, he was one of the, kind of one of the founding fathers or in the continental Congress or something. I, I forgot. I'd have to look it up. He says to disarm the people that is the best and most effectual way to enslave them. So pretty relevant. Don't get enslaved. Don't be disarmed. All right. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. Take nothing for granted. <laughs>